0: Many of us have wondered what it might be like to compete at an Olympic Games. But what about competing in the midst of a global pandemic? And how does a young woman athlete forge an international sporting career while studying overseas? Where is the balance to be found between full-time elite sporting commitments and her academic study? Welcome to Illumin, Grammar Women, a podcast that explores just some of the remarkable achievements and interesting stories of the alumnae of Brisbane Girls Grammar School. I'm Jacinda Isler, Principal of Girls Grammar and your host. Today I'm joined by not just one but two grammar women Olympians, Gabriella Palm and Abby Andrews. These remarkable young women represented Australia at the 2020 Tokyo Olympics in 2021 as part of the women's water polo team, the Aussie Stingers. Both Gabby and Abby are now back in Brisbane, pursuing their studies at the University of Queensland and it is my pleasure today to welcome them to Illumin. Thank you Jacinda, thank you for
1: having us. It's lovely to be back at Girls Grammar
0: and to be here.
2: Yeah I just can't wait, this is so exciting.
0: (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about your time at Girls Grammar. What are some of the fondest memories that you have? Was it all about the water polo or are there some particular classes or teachers or experiences that you remember Abby?
2: Uh, Definitely, while I was at school, I really loved both the academic and sporting sides and I loved all the blue days and all the celebrations that the school held. In particular, I loved a lot of my teachers. Dr. Stevens from physics was definitely one of the ones who helped me get through. I just loved her energy and she really made me just love physics and the mathematics side of that. And yeah, I just thought that grammar was so supportive in getting me through both the sport and academics and really allowing me to pursue whatever I wanted once I finished.
0: What about you? What do you think about Gabby when you look back on your girls' grammar days?
1: I think water polo was a big part of my girls' grammar days. Not just the sport entirely, but the community that came from water polo. It introduced me to lots of girls in my grade, but I loved that I was able to meet girls from different age groups. So When you would walk around school, you could say hi to people and it just created that community because I think I just loved everything about grammar. I loved being a grammar girl and everything that embodied and I had so many favourite teachers and I think being house captain as well, it just
0: created such a community that I loved. And what about you, Abby? What about um, being on the water polo team at Girls Grammar was particularly special? What, What are your memories of that time?
2: Well I was water polo captain in 2017 with my current best friend still Ashley Warwick. and honestly water polo being one of the biggest sports at the school and it's still picking up in popularity it was just such an awesome thing to be a part of and even as Gabby was still in her senior year we got to play together on the opens and honestly it was just the best experience we're still extremely close friends and I think like Gabby said just the friendships and the people you meet really stay with you for life and I think That's just one of the best things about Grammar Water Polo.
0: If we start to talk about, I guess, your roles in those important teams, Gabby, can you tell us what it is about being a goalkeeper that you particularly like? So as we've heard, you almost stumbled into the position. Do you ever sit back and think, gee, I wonder what it might have been like if I'd taken a different position?
1: With goalkeepers, sometimes you don't get as much as the praise because you're not the one that scores the goals. Mm. So I sometimes do think about what it would be like to definitely be putting more goals in the back of the net. But I was always going to be a goalkeeper, I think. I still remember my first day at trials when Mrs Moore gave me that nudge towards trying goalkeeper and I definitely haven't looked back. I love being in the goals. There's such a rush, I find, saving a goal. And I think what's so special about being goalkeeper is that you are kind of the backbone for the defence. You call the play, you're the only one that can see it from that perspective in the goal. So I think you take on a real leadership role in defence with communicating, controlling that play and that's what I really love about it.
0: It's definitely a high pressure position and you have to have a steely confidence, I imagine. Often when I go to sport and look at whether it's hockey or water polo, I often think the most nervous people in attendance are usually the parents of the goalkeeper. So I'm sure your parents help back you all the way through as well, Gabby.
1: Oh, definitely. I know that mum was always quite nervous watching me. And I think it's also natural to be nervous knowing that, you know, my position involves having you know the ball's flying at me mum's definitely gotten used to it she still gets nervous I mean sometimes I do too but yeah I wouldn't change it
0: at all great lessons for life Gabby so Abby look when you're at school you were performing at an incredibly high level academically as well it must be said and yet you represented the state and then Australia at the world championships how did you manage that in a, in a school context you had your studies you were young there must have been distractions what was that like for you?
2: In honesty it was quite difficult. I remember going into year 12 mum was really like you've really got to focus both on your sport and your academics. It was always going to be a huge sporting year but mum knew how upset I would be if I didn't take my academics fully seriously. So in year 12 I actually missed a cumulative total of 11 weeks of school and that was essentially a whole term and I just remember being really torn and I wanted to know how I was going to perform academically towards the end of the year so I think we had a meeting about our OP predictions at the time and I just remember hearing mine and being like oh I actually can do this I can get that top result and I can really still perform in my water polo and that was I think when that happened it really just clicked for me that I can do both and this school had allowed me to do both and it was quite difficult but They were really flexible when I was overseas in deferring my exams and making sure that my assignments would have adequate time to be completed and that was
0: really helpful. And so you achieved in both arenas at the highest level, Abby, but what about socially? There must have been compromises, there must have been, for both of you, there must be so many times when it would be easier to not get up or go to a party and stay out late. How do you manage that as young women?
2: Definitely out of school, it was quite difficult because obviously there were a lot of 18s. Unfortunately, I am born at the end of the year, so my whole first year of uni I was still 17, which was an experience in itself. But definitely, I feel like you reach an age where you really understand that you do have to make that choice. And I feel like I've really learnt to balance that a lot more lately in the fact that a lot of the time I'll still go to a few parties, but I'll drive there. Mm-hmm. So I'll still get to socialise and see everyone but knowing that I have to wake up the next morning at 5am, it's a lot better when you know you can leave whenever you want.
0: And you've both chosen it. What would you say about that, Gabby?
1: I couldn't agree more with Abby, but I think the key thing is is that I think a lot of the time when you're going through and you're making that decision with sport, a lot of people put it in the words of that sport is a sacrifice and you're sacrificing a lot. But I've always tried to view it in terms of I want to play sport and as much as there's going to be things that I miss out on, you can always make up for other social stuff but what we're able to do with sport, not many people get to do that. So there's definitely times when it's hard and you miss out on stuff that you want to go to but in the scheme of things it's the choice of playing sport
0: and it's that choice to keep doing it. So I guess you're alluding to the fact that you have both lived the dream of most athletes and that is to represent Australia at the Olympics. So let's talk about that a little bit. Amid this obviously global pandemic, you were selected in disrupted circumstances, as we all understand, for the 2020 Tokyo Olympics, eventually held in 2021. Tell us a little bit about that experience. How did it feel to be part of an Olympic team, Gabby? I still
1: sometimes can't exactly find the words to describe it. I think coming from a sporting family, the Olympic Games were always the pinnacle of someone's sporting career. So I still remember I was sitting at home when I got the call from my coach to tell me that I'd been selected and I just was sitting with my family and I was just in tears. It was just such a special moment to know that, I was going to be representing my country in the sport that I love and being in the games was incredible. You see the camaraderie and the spirit of the Olympics and TV, but experiencing it firsthand was something special and I think it was even more special for us the fact that it was able to go ahead after a pandemic because we weren't sure what it was going to look like. We weren't even sure if it was going to go ahead. So to be there with the Australian team it still gives me goosebumps thinking about it it was just so special
0: and the involuntary smile just sums it all up you can't see that in a podcast but I can definitely see it in the room what about you Abby how did you feel about becoming an Olympic athlete and and being selected in the Australian team
2: uh, my journey was a little bit more bumpy than Gabby's I was the youngest in the team I hadn't performed at any major events so I was quite actually unsure of my position going into the final selection being left-handed and the only left-hander has its perks but it's also some teams choose not to have one and I didn't know where I stood with the coach so that the final selection process was quite nerving for me and they actually call you like Gabby said in alphabetical order so Abby Andrews regardless of first name or last name, it was going to be me first. (laughs) And I remember I was sitting, I was actually in Adelaide at the time, staying with my partner and I got the call and I just burst in tears and the coach was like, are you okay? (laughs) I was okay, but honestly, I had no words. And I tried to get in contact with my family, but mum was working, dad was working. So I'm just (laughs) sitting there with all this news to share, but no one was around and it was really quite crazy. And then obviously... Transitioning to actually being able to travel overseas for the first time in almost two years for us and play international games at my first major competition, which happened to be the Olympics, was so surreal. And I just remember thinking before the tournament started that I wouldn't get any game time, I'd just be on the bench, but I was there to get in if I needed to. But then that first game happened about five minutes into the first quarter, I got called to go in, and I think on my second touch of the ball, I scored a goal. And it was just, oh, you know how to play water polo. You're actually really here for a reason and you're quite a force. So you really just got to give it everything. And I think just the whole team, we were so supportive. We were there for a real goal and we wanted to prove ourselves. And I think that really just encouraged me. It was like Australia, there's just so much camaraderie and having it in Japan where the time zone was perfect for back home. You just knew everyone was watching. All my friends watch it, everyone's now a new water polo fan because it's such a great spectator sport and it was just such a cool experience to be a part of.
0: And when you see athletes like both of you, it is more appealing to younger generations. You are so, I guess, inspiring, not just because of your talent, but because of who you are, how you treat other people, that sense of team, and the way that you can articulate what that compromise must have been for you, but what the reward of hard work ultimately is. You know, you're the personification of our motto, "Nil Alabore, Labore, nothing without effort. Tell us about- about the olympic village is there are there any special stories you can share probably not everything that goes on i'm sure it's a very special atmosphere when you have these amazing athletes from around the world and and i guess the social aspect and the friendships and the relationships that you've developed what's your take on your experience there abby
2: i loved the olympic village it was such a great village and speaking to bron knox who is the four-time olympian on our team she said It was the most organised and awesome village that she'd been a part of, so it was awesome that we got to share that with her. Definitely the last night of the Olympic Games was pretty cool. We got to hang around with all the sports that were still left, just the Australian team, as we were quite strict on our COVID protocols. But I remember sitting, talking to Paddy Mills, getting a selfie with him, and it was just wow we're on the same tier but this man is so awesome and he's having a talk with me it was so cool.
0: Yeah and you're still quite young both of you aren't you and we'll talk about Paris in a minute but what about you Gabby what was your experience in the village?
2: I alluded to it a little bit earlier but I
1: think it was just the atmosphere of the Australian Tower like as Abby said With our COVID protocols, we didn't venture much into the village, but the Australian Tower itself, they had decorated it with lots of Australian posters and it was just very homey. in the foyer we had a big tv and they had deck chairs so we would come down with other people from sports and they would stream all the australian games so we were able to watch everyone and everyone would be cheering so that environment i loved i even remember we were going off to one of our round games and the swimmers were having a team meeting and we were walking towards the bus and suddenly we just heard this go water polo and we looked behind us and all the swimmers were standing and cheering and applauding us as we walked off to the bus and it was just being able to mingle with those sports it's something totally different to a world championships for example because it's really only water polo that you mix with so being able to meet other athletes from other
0: sports was a really special experience a very emotional time I can imagine for you both Now let's talk about the actual competition. So um, the Stingers got into the quarterfinals playing against the Russian Olympic Committee and had a very disappointing and narrow loss. How did the team rally after that? So you you went on then obviously to beat both Canada and the Netherlands and ultimately finished fifth. What did you have to draw upon within yourselves and within your team to rally after such a disappointing loss?
2: So after that game we were quite down in the dumps to say we had a really tough chat in the locker room straight after because it was quite an unexpected loss for us we really thought we had all their skills matched and that we thought we could get away with that win but at the end of that night we all went out into the front lawn of the Olympic Village and sat in a circle with all of our coaches and we pretty much just spoke about how important the team was to us still and how important it was to finish off and get that best result that we could which was fifth there were a lot of emotions shared but we ended up staying on that field until about midnight talking and just getting every emotion out talking about every situation and I think that after that we really started to show some better team performances we ended up in the fifth and sixth qualification game where we ended up fifth by absolutely demolishing the Netherlands and they were very confident in the room before us. They were having a little cheer, they were looking at us, giving us some side eye, which is always expected, because we obviously had a great comeback win in the first few rounds against them. But we honestly have never played better as a team in that final game. Would have been awesome to take that into a semi or a final match, but I think the fact that we rallied after such difficult circumstances really showed the essence of the Aussie stingers.
0: And what was your response to all of that, Gabby?
2: As Abby said, it was really challenging to come away
1: from that loss. I think not having much gameplay leading up to the Olympics was also really challenging because I think... As much as we do so much training, sometimes having those practice tournaments, you're able to practice riding the highs and lows of winning and losing. And not having played a game in 18 months, we weren't used Mm -hmm. to that. So the way that we were able to come together off the back of a really disappointing loss was something I was really proud of. I think... One of the most challenging things after coming home from the Olympics is I know that I'm so proud to be an Australian Olympian but and I know that it wasn't quite the result that we wanted, but a lot of the questions you get from people are, oh, did you win? Like, what medal did you get? So those questions are actually quite hard, but I know and I know that our team knows that we're really proud of our result and coming fifth off the back of a pandemic is something that I'm really proud of so the way that we were able to play that last game and finish really strong I think it was one of the best games I've been a part of the way that we were able to come together as a team and just put our foot down as soon as the game began, and we just shocked the Netherlands and it was it was such a great game I can still remember being in the goals and it was a great way to yeah goosebumps great way to send off two of our um, older girls retiring so as much as it wasn't the
0: result we wanted, I'm still so proud of it. Oh Gabby and Abby, all of Australia was incredibly proud of how you performed and, and how that game went, and and how you've dealt with disappointment and turned it into an absolute positive. So, let's talk a bit about you both having played water polo overseas. So, Gabby, you you played in Italy, and obviously, Abby, uh, you most recently in the US. How did those teams and and the training in those countries differ from your experiences here? in Australia, Gabby?
1: When I was 19, I went over to Italy and I played in the Italian Water Polo League and they also have a Euro League that I played a part of. So I was just 19 and it was my first time being out of home and what I found is that it was completely different to Australia. I mean, not only was there a language barrier, it was at a completely different time zone to being back home. The way they live over in Europe is very different. They have such a different lifestyle. In Australia, we get up early, we train early, we're, you know, early risers, whereas in Italy, they, you know, sleep until noon. We Sometimes I would finish training 10.30, 11 o'clock at night. So that complete flip of my lifestyle was so different. But I learned so much being totally out of my comfort zone in the sense that Not only I had the language barrier outside the pool, but trying to communicate with the girls in the pool was really challenging because, as I said earlier, being the goalkeeper, it was my job to communicate with defence and trying to communicate with people that I don't speak the same language with was really challenging. So I really had to push out of my comfort zone and I think I just grew up a lot during that time and I think it really helped me forge my pathway into the senior team because it helped me then be that person that has to step up in the senior team so it was really a pivotal time in my water polo career and i definitely would love to go back in the years coming
0: what about outside the pool did you have much time to explore italy or even tokyo when you were over there for the olympics do you get much just downtime time to do some i guess somewhat trivial things like shop for shoes in italy
1: that was one of the many perks about being in Italy. We would travel across the country to play games. So I had a few days in Rome, I was able to see a bit of Venice, I was able to stay in Milan. So, and that's just such a perk of playing elite sport the places that you get to go to. Rome is such a special city, being able to travel through, see the Colosseum, you know, eat beautiful pasta and food over there. It's just, something that it's so I'm so lucky to do so that was definitely a highlight of living in Italy it's such a beautiful country and we would have loved to have seen more of Tokyo but with our strict protocols we weren't able to almost leave the village because it would be a breach of the COVID barrier so unfortunately we weren't able to during Tokyo but hopefully you know ahead if we're
0: lucky enough to go to Paris, I'd <laughs> love to. We'll talk about Paris in a minute. What about for you, Abby, training in the US? Was it different? Was, it, was the team culture different? Was the training different? What was your take on that experience?
2: I'm so glad I went to the US. So I pretty much studied full-time in 2018 in at UQ and I felt like I was just having a bit of a lull. So I actually got offered a scholarship at World Champs in 2018 And I was just like, I've got to take it. It was a complete, like Gabby said in Italy, lifestyle change. I went from warm Brisbane, which is about 30 degrees on average, to negative 30 in Michigan. We even had a cold snap that was negative 43 and they even had to cancel school, which was pretty exciting. There were a lot of similarities, obviously, the US and Australia have a few similarities in their game style. Probably the biggest change was that practices were three to three and a half hours in one go. So having that much chlorine on you in one sitting was quite a lot. And usually we train here twice a day for two hours at a time. So just that extra hour on top really was quite a mental and physical challenge. But I think over there what they really do so well is balance that real success in Division I sport as well as the academics. So that's part of the reason I chose Michigan is it's quite an excellent academic school as well as I really wanted to make an impact on the program there. And they really managed to balance me
0: in all forms. That certainly is a priority and there are wonderful opportunities for girls in sport at universities in the States, aren't there? And that requirement to maintain your academic focus while performing at such an elite level is such good training for you. But you're both back now, you're both back at the University of Queensland, you're both continuing with your studies. So what are you studying at the moment, Abby, and what do you hope to do with your degree?
2: I'm currently studying Advanced Finance Economics at UQ I'm in my third year now, but it will definitely be a long few years until I graduate with all of our competitions coming up. Um, I'm thinking I want to use it to get into either investment banking or just something in the finance section because I really love the mathematic component of that as it really challenges me every day.
0: And you're definitely obviously thinking about your life beyond sport. Is there life beyond sport or do you think you'll keep both areas going for the rest of your life?
2: Definitely for the foreseeable future there will be a lot of water polo and well hopefully barring injuries but I think I always look to Bron Knox who has completed so many degrees and she only recently started full-time work but she's just so accomplished and just really managed to have both the perks of the full-time sport and now the full-time work and she's just such an inspiration which has proved to me that there really is no rush coming out of school I always thought I was going to do four years straight up and then go straight into the work field and then still be training but it's quickly come to my attention that that was not quite on my agenda but after seeing what she's done I've just realised there's no need to rush like I'll get my degree I know I will and then I'll get into it whatever role I feel fits me and I can still do that while playing
0: professional and elite sport. And what about you Gabby what are you studying and where is that going to take you do you think?
1: So um, I'm studying a Bachelor of Psychology at UQ and it wasn't exactly what I went into initially when I got out of school. I wasn't really sure where I wanted to go so I started in a Bachelor of Arts just trying a few subjects and I did psychology and I really loved the subjects and it's just so different and I love learning about the brain and the way people interact and communicate in the way we are so I moved over into a Bachelor of Psychology and I've been studying that since so I'm not quite sure still where I want to go with my degree or my career but I know that once my time as an athlete's over I definitely see myself always being involved in sport in some way it's been such a special and important part of my life, and I don't see myself veering too far away from it. So I think I'll always do
0: something involved with sport but I'm just not sure still what that looks like. And probably neither of you could possibly have imagined that you would be representing Australia in those early days. So obviously it's always ultimately unpredictable, but there is a target, I think, or a goal on your horizon, and that might just be the 2024 Paris Olympic Games. So you were both recently selected for the Aussie Stingers train-on squad as you prepare for the 2022, obviously this is a big year for you, the FINA World Championships. How are you viewing, I guess, that time frame of 2024? How are you preparing for it? Obviously, not just in your training, but um, psychologically and socially and, and balancing your studies. What are you hoping to achieve long-term, Gabby?
1: Obviously, with Tokyo being in 2021, it's such a short cycle. So for me, at the moment, water polo is really my priority. I think as well, moving more into a senior role in the team, I really wanna make the most of these three years and make Paris my goal. So I think I'm gonna just be putting my head down and making water polo my focus. But that also doesn't mean that I'm going to push everything over to the side. I think for me, I find it really useful to still be having my studies on the side. But I think I've learned over the years to be flexible with that. So this semester, I'm gonna start trying two subjects. But again, if that's too much, UQ's been great with helping me manage that I might drop to one it's just being flexible with being able to do both knowing that water polo is my priority at the moment but knowing that I still have other things going on in my life so when I get to the point where water
0: polo isn't my priority I've got other things going for me beautiful advice for life what about you Abby how are you looking forward to 2024 and the possibility of making that Olympic team
2: Uh, It's definitely exciting. And like Gab said, having the shorter cycle is really motivating because you feel like it's so much closer on the horizon and that everything that you do to prepare is for that. So I'm actually pretty excited for this year, hopefully to make my first world champs team and just pretty much take every new competition as it comes as I haven't really had all these different... Experiences, So I'm super excited for that. And I think looking like I follow the Paris 2024 Instagram account and seeing everything that they're planning just motivates me even further. Like the opening ceremony in the river, it just looks so cool. And to be a part of a second Olympic Games and I'll still be 23 turning 24, I'm still so young, it just makes me so excited to see what I can do as a water polo athlete and to see if I can even... Keep pushing on and maybe make it to Brisbane 32, but that is... Very far in the future, so we'll have to wait and see. Gabby
0: just threw her head back and gave a big smile. So 2032 is a little way away. We don't know what you'll be doing, but we'll certainly be supporting you all the way. So finally, I guess I'd like you to get into the headspace of our year 12 students are about to embark upon that final important year of study. You can probably remember those feelings of uncertainty, all that decision making. Where am I going? How do I make the most of this last 12 months? And and, and you know what might lie ahead. You you mentioned Abby there's no need to rush that's probably a learning that you've had what would be uh, your advice for these future grammar women? Take your
2: time and really think about opportunities that present themselves because obviously I really wanted to get my degree straight away but then as soon as I got that random opportunity to go to Michigan I immediately just took it And I don't think if I had not have taken it that I would have made the Olympic Games. I think, like Gabby said, when she went to Italy, it really grew her as a person. And I think the exact same thing happened to me during my short stint overseas at a U.S. college. I got to match up with some of the best players in the world in the U.S. team. They're the current reigning Olympic champs and world champions. And it was such a great experience for me. Obviously, I didn't stay on with that, but I still think that if I had not have taken that opportunity... I would have missed out on so many other things. So I think really just take your time, work out what works best for you and just if an opportunity comes for you, have a real good think about it.
0: What about you, Gabby? What would be your advice?
1: Especially at the moment, still in the middle of a global pandemic and everything's uncertain, I think my advice would probably be just to embrace that uncertainty. I still remember when I was in grade 12, I didn't quite know what direction I wanted to go to, and at the time I thought that I needed to know. But I think this is my seventh year out of school now, and I still am not quite sure what I want to do, and that's okay because other opportunities have presented themselves that I never thought would present themselves. I remember I didn't even think that at, when I first graduated from school that Tokyo was on the card to me, so I think it's just embracing the uncertainty of those times and not knowing where you're going is okay because things will happen that you don't expect and it's riding that path.
0: Gabriella Palm and Abby Andrews, what extraordinary athletes and young women you are. It has been such a pleasure to speak with you. We will be supporting you all the way to the World Championships this year. We wish you all the best and we thank you for talking to us today and most particularly for your advice, particularly for those Year 12s. There is no rush. Take every opportunity and embrace the uncertainty. You couldn't have captured it better. Thank you, Abby, and thank you, Gabby. You have been listening to Illumin, a podcast by Brisbane Girls Grammar School. Music for this podcast was written and performed by Year 12 student Alicia Singh. To ensure you never miss an episode of Illumin, please subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. And to learn more about the school, visit the website at www.bggs.qld.edu.au.